Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Revolution Church Minneapolis. I'm Brian, um, Brian Odland. It's, uh, what day is it? May, May. I wish it was May. March 21st, 2021. I don't know about anybody else, but I feel like this year so far has gone by quick. We're already almost three months into into 2021 after a hellishly long 2020, which I don't think anybody thought it was going to end. I certainly didn't think it was going to end. Um, yeah. Amanda, how are we? Am I straight in this, in this thing? Okay. Technology is great. I, I'm looking at my phone as I'm, as I'm doing this and I feel a little cattywampus. I don't even know if that's a word, but I'm going to use it. Cattywampus. I think we need to bring that word back right travis cattywampus of course people are like what what is what is that cattywampus i i don't know i didn't make the word up i just like it um beautiful day here in minnesota in minneapolis uh anybody knows that in minnesota the weather can be atrocious this time of year um my mom always used to joke with me that whenever march madness happens which is when all the college sports teams, it's all their tournaments, we always get like a nasty snowstorm. It could be 60, 70 degrees out. And then whenever the, whenever the, uh, tournaments start, they, we always get a terrible amount of snow or wind or sleet. It's not like that right now. It's going to be about 65 degrees here today, which anybody who's lived in Minnesota in a, Late March day, 65 degrees is outright gorgeous and beautiful. Uh, so we're going to take it. Um, I just want to thank Bryant Lake Bowl again, um, for having us. I, anybody who listens, um, whether you're, I mean, obviously for people who are out of state, out of town, um, places like that, but if you're listening to this, whether on Facebook, live or when it comes out on the sacred collective feed please please um support these people here this has been um a staple in the uptown community here in minneapolis um it's just a fantastic place this theater room that we're in maybe one day um before we start we'll kind of do like a i don't know mini video of what it looks like in here, this little theater room and stuff. I did post on my personal Facebook page. There was a really cool company here locally that did a drone video of Bryant Lake Bowl. It's actually people in Hollywood and people all over the, the world are looking at it. It's a pretty cool video. Anyway, oh, did they watch it on the or said it on the news? No, we we'll do that another time, Amanda. Um. Yeah, so this is a great place, great food, great drink, great atmosphere, as I say before. You know, you can come here, have a good beer, have good cocktails, have good coffee. Their coffee is really good. They have fantastic food. Some people out here in the audience are having pancakes and and French toast. It's delicious. I'm a little jealous that I can't eat it because I'm up here talking and that would be really um unfortunate me trying to talk and eat at the same time but i think for lunch we're having spaghetti so i'm gonna hold my appetite for that um yeah so i'm kind of jumping into uh not i'm not gonna call it a series um or anything like that but i remember there were these books when i grew up and um that I read in college and like seminary called like, what is the Bible or like, what is the church? You know, what is, you know, some of these open-ended question of like, what is, and my best friend, Scotty, who's a minister overseas kind of was earlier, earlier in this week when I was coming up with this talk, I was trying to um, put in his ear, like, well, what should I talk about? You know, Sometimes, you know, sometimes even pastors or people who talk a lot have um, creative blocks. They might not know what to say or things like that. Um, 
And he kind of was like, well, maybe, you you know, you just talked on what is the Bible, like what is and isn't the Bible. Why don't you talk about the church? Like what is and what isn't the church? So I thought that was a really good idea. And we might, you know, kind of do this theme here, maybe for the rest of March into April of, you know, what is or isn't kind of um, formulating our um, kind of re- redoing the framework of things. Uh, uh, of not, and what I've said before, like last week, it's not necessarily about me telling you that you can't, you can't believe your theology or something in a certain way, but more of me pushing you to, you know, say that there's more than one way. There's more than one way to look at something, whether to look at scripture, whether to look at the Bible, um, things like that. So, Last week we did what is what the Bible is and isn't. Um, I don't know if I'm using the proper English grammar for that, but I don't care. And so today we're going to say what is the church. We're going to kind of just dive into that. We'll see how much I have in the tank. I'm pretty tired. Um, Amanda and I and Ava were at a funeral this week in northern Iowa, and it was great seeing a lot of friends and family, but, you know, wasn't wasn't a ton of driving, but, we you know, of course we stayed up late and didn't sleep as long as we want so i'm a little i'm a little tired i think the odlin clan is a little little tired today um yeah um it's kind of weird that we don't have a lot of people watching live but you know whatever hopefully people hopefully tune in people tune in this is good stuff uh please 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 no anyway um i'm gonna jump into it right now I know people aren't probably watching this, Amanda, because it's probably so nice outside. I got to get like Jay, because Jay would be like, why aren't people watching or why aren't people here? But we know in Minnesota or in the Midwest, once it gets really, really nice out, people don't want to be on their uh, devices. They want to be out walking or having a grill out or doing something fun like that. So that's what people are probably doing, and I get that. But you got to go back and listen to this. Um, this is a question for everyone. So for the few of you here live, um, this might, you don't have to, I want to see that hand. I got to go back to my Pentecost. I want to see that hand. How many of us were told that the church is important and that regular church attendance was required? Yeah, everyone's raising their hand. Uh, I was raised that same way. Now, I'm not saying church in general, is a bad thing. But if you, Ed, I don't care if you're watching this and you're 15 or you're listening to this or you're 25, 35, 65, 85. Um, so often we're told that church is A, a building, that regular church attendance is important, that um, the the idea of going it's okay ray um where you're only you're only a few minutes late i'm just getting into my talk so no worries mate um i like saying mate i wish i wish americans said mate instead of friend mate just sounds cool but thanks ray um but yeah so we're we're told to go to church we're told to i don't know i was always told church you know going to church you know, church attendance is is important, and it's kind of funny because here I am doing revolution. Um, this is quote unquote church. I hate I hate the word church. I think we need to jettison it to the moon. But if you ask me what word could I put in place of it, I really can't tell you what word we should put in place of it. Um, community, the way, following, whatever. Um, however. So, like, here, yes, any kind of ministry, church, gathering, whatever, uh, you want you want people there. You want to, you know, I know you need to pay to put the lights on. You need to pay staff. You know, if you have music at your church, pay musicians. So, I'm not trying to poo-poo on, on the whole thing of church, but this first question is, we're so often told of people who are in the church that church attendance is required um 
obviously it's not like a class when you sign up for it in school, especially like in secondary school or in college where it's like you can only miss a certain amount of classes or else you fail. Um, a lot of churches, like the more mainline churches that I've been to, you know, there's some people who might go, you know, the typical, you know, Christmas, Easter, you know, a funeral or a wedding and that's all that they go to. Or you have a lot of people who might go like once a month, whatever. But this is more to my evangelical brothers and sisters who, wherever you went to church, there was this push, this pull to um, go to church every Sunday. And then if you didn't go to church every Sunday, somehow your faith or your belief in God was questionable. And I know for sure that was with me. Um, maybe I can say this because my mom's not watching right now, but I remember at, especially as a young kid, even into my, you know, early to mid teenage years, my parents every Sunday made me go to church. Um, and it was the funny thing about me when I was a little kid, probably like my daughter's age on up until I probably got to junior high, I would wear like little kids suits and vests and ties. I would, my mom would fix my hair for me. I was this like little goody two shoe looking kid. Um, then I obviously got into junior high and changed my, you know, what I, what music I listened to and kind of was my own person. And it's a lot like how I look now, which is funny that it doesn't really change that much from my teenage years. Anyway, so I, I, uh, kept going to church every Sunday. And uh, when I got older, I, I'm really into sports. If people know me, um, love football, football always comes on in the Twin City or well, where we're watching um, at noon central time here in this in Minnesota and of course the Vikings I'm a big Vikings fan so you know church would get out at 11:30 11:45 I would get home and I would miss like the first first quarter first half and I would kept saying to my parents like Let's go to the early morning service instead of the later service. And then they were like, no. They were like, Jesus is more important than football. And I was like, but I love football. You guys don't. All this kind of stuff. I guess longer story short with that is I feel as someone who's grown up in the church their whole life in some sort of capacity, um, pretty much, and I've joked with people before, I played baby Jesus in two Christmas pageants before the age of two. So I played Jesus before I wasn't even asked to do it, but I, I was. So I mean, pretty much, I always joke pretty much since the womb, I've, I've been part of the church. I've been part of, um, the, this Christian community. And it's over the last number of years. And I know I'm going to not getting, get into the theological terminology, but the deconstruction of my faith. And I'm not the person when I talk about deconstruction is that I'm deconstructing every aspect of my faith. So I'm kind of left with this rubble or the, like the bare, bare bones. I'm the type of person where I, de I I'm deconstructing the shitty things in my faith, in my theology that I know is toxic, that I know is problematic, that I know is not helpful and then I'm trying to slowly, in in ways to reconstruct it, to make it work for me, to not just make it work for me, but hopefully I can help others who are transgressing this road as well as I am. Um, but my biggest issue with, and finally when I get back, going back to my parents and what they were talking to me about church is, Probably at the age of 16, 17, my, my parents, you know, told me, you know, we want you to go to church. We think attendance at church is, is important, but we're going to give you the choice and the opportunity, uh, to go to church when you want to. And then when I got to college, I went to a Christian school where they had chapel all the time. And so my parents were like, Hey, if you're going to chapel throughout the week, you don't have to go to church on Sunday, this whole thing. So it was always instilled into my, into Brian's brain that church was important. I have to keep going to church. Church attendance was important. And somehow my faith, 
was tied into that, that Jesus or God, wherever they're at, was keeping like this journal or this attendance record of like, or are you in church on Sunday? You weren't on church on Sunday. Were you church on Wednesday or were you at this event? And I had, and it was hard to get that out of my, out of my head of, of, is, is God mad at me that I'm at church or not? And I mean, I would say for years when I was in seminary doing my master's degree, I very rarely went to church because in my opinion, I was like, here, I'm at church. I'm studying the Bible. I'm writing all these papers, writing, reading all these theologians dead and alive. And I'm just emotionally and spiritually just zapped. And so I don't want to go to church. But I think the idea and the concept of what church is currently not just in 21st century America or in the 20th century, but probably back for hundreds of years, probably at least for at least the last 500 to 1,000 years, church, the idea of church, the notion of church is getting up, dressing, dressing, you know, people have, they're like, oh, I have my church clothes, uh, my Sunday church clothes and, and, and all this stuff. And you get up, you have this whole routine, you know, all of us in the world who have jobs know Monday through Friday, we have our routine. We get up at said time, make our breakfast, make our lunch for work or whatever, put on our uniform or your dress clothes, and then you go into your job for your eight-hour shift, whenever, and whatever you do, whether you work first shift, second shift, third shift, and there's this routine that you do because humans are very routine creatures. We're creatures of habits. But no different, that's no different than Sunday. Every Sunday getting up and putting on your Sunday best, you know, putting your suit on, putting your vest on, slicking your hair up, putting makeup on, you know, all these things just so we can go to, to church. I, and I, if someone asks me, is going to church important? I'm going to say, what do you mean? That's my you know, that was my question back to them or my answer. If someone's like church is important, I'm going to say, well, what do you mean? Because church, and this is something that people have talked about for eons, but church is not the building; it's the people. Scripture makes that very very clear all throughout that the church is not the building, church is not a temple, church is not a synagogue, church is not any of that the church is the people the church is so the people who are watching this the people who are listening to this when it comes up on the on the podcast feed the people who are here at bryant lake bowl this is that is the community that is the church and i've talked with amanda in just private conversations that i i'm like i don't feel whether however long i do revolution whether it's for this year whether it's for the next five or ten years that i don't feel any desire any inclination any i don't know passion to just go to a normal quote-unquote church service where you have to literally get up put your sunday best on and go go to church and you know have my kid go to sunday school have you know hear the choir sing or a worship band sing hear a sermon you know give people hugs or a high five and then go our separate ways i am not saying to anybody if that's how they feel church is to them and the importance of it go for it i'm not telling anybody that they can't do that or they shouldn't do that i'm more or less saying um that's not for me and, and even for Amanda saying that. And yes, we're going to ra- raise our child or children if we have more of the understanding of you, you choosing what you want to believe in. I'm, I'm going to say God is an option. Jesus is an option, but there's these other options you don't have to choose. But church has become this idea and this notion of church has become this ritualistic, this ritualistic thing where it's, if you call yourself a Christian, if you use that moniker, if you use that label, it's, there's this expectation from, from other people in that faith that, you know, you're going to get up on Sunday and you're going to go to church. Now during the COVID thing where most churches aren't open yet, 
you know, people are, you know, in their pajamas and they're in, you know, whatever, in their robe, having coffee and breakfast and tuning in. So it's kind of funny that I'm wanting people to tune in for church on Sunday, but yet the sermons <laughs> about the ritualisticness of church isn't as important. So I'm, I shouldn't bite my the hand that feeds me in a way. But I think that this is really important with church and the idea and the notion of church is very ritualistic. And I'm not saying there's anything that's wrong with ritualism in itself, because since the creation or whatever of humanity, humans have done ritualistic things. We celebrate birthdays. That's a ritual. We celebrate funerals. That's a ritual. We celebrate anniversaries or, or, uh, I don't know. You name it. Things that humans do. Those are all ritualistic things. And that's not wrong. I like celebrating my birthday every year. My wife and I like celebrating our anniversary every year. I'm not saying it's wrong to do ritualism, but in the, in, when it comes to religion and when it comes to Christianity, and I hate how people are like, oh, Christianity isn't a religion. It's a faith. Well, no, it's a religion. It's, it's a religion. But I get so frustrated when people are like, well, well, if you're a Christian, why don't you want to go to church? Why don't you want to be around? you know, other brothers and sisters in the faith. And I'm like, it's not that I don't want to, it's I I don't see the necessity or that I need to do church in the way you're talking about, in the way of getting up on a Sunday, in the way of, you know, driving however far somebody has to go to their church to, to go do it. I'm just, that's not me. Um... And so, the rest of this talk, I'm just going to try to go through of how there's alternative ways that people do church, a.k.a. community. Um, and if I'm honest with myself, if I'm honest to the people here at, Re- at Bryant Lake Bowl for Revolution, for people who are going to watch this when this is up on my feed or when they listen to it on the podcast... I'm trying to change the narrative. I'm trying to change of you don't have to go to this ritualistic way of doing church in order to have community. What I'm going to propose is whatever community you find yourself in, a small group, you have a best friend on the phone that you talk to, to about life or God or theology, books you read, like if you're in a book group, um, whatever it is, you're, you know, you're, you're with a buddy at a brewery having some drinks and you're talking about life and the ups and downs of life. That's church. Um, and I'm the, the, the scripture verse that really encompasses all of this is Matthew, uh, chapter 18 let me see if i get it right matthew chapter 18 verse 20 which literally says wherever two or three are gathered god is there so literally in the gospel of matthew which is the a gospel one of the main gospels in this particular chapter chapter 18 ends wherever two or three are gathered god is there and so to me and i ever since i was a young kid and when I read that, it, it just changed something in my head. It, it changed it into my head. It was like the self-realization of, I don't need to go to church every Sunday. I don't need to go to quote-unquote church, do this ritualistic thing in order to have this relationship with God. If I'm here, if uh, you know, and I'll say to a man sometimes, we'll get into some really deep theological talk, talk about church, or talk about a said view or, or whatever, and I'll sometimes stop and I'll be like, hey, you know what we're doing right now, Amanda? She's like, what? I'm like, we're doing church because th- this is what church is. It's where two, and, and, that, and my brain keeps going back to that verse in Matthew chapter 18, where two or three are gathered, I'm there. So that totally, that that verse in in Matthew really, I think, kind of, opens the door and opens the understanding of what church is or isn't or what church can be 
and it's not giving you this strict kind of framework of like what you have to do like nowhere in the bible does it say oh if you're a christian and you know now you're going to church or whatever that you have to do this 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 it's not like that at all and going back to matthew that's that's what it says it's where you know and sometimes like at work travis you're here you're my coworker. you me and reggie will sometimes just sit and talk about life you know, we'll talk about uh, struggles, we'll talk about uh, joys, we'll talk about our life, you know, past, present, hopefully in the future what it's going to be. And I don't always say it, but in my head I'm like, this is church, this is community. And it doesn't have to be on a Sunday, it doesn't have to be on a Wednesday, it can be any day of the week, it can do any of that. And I'm sure a lot of people who are listening is like, well, I know, Brian, like, this is what you're saying is kind of common sense. What you're saying is stuff that I've known for years. And I agree. I've known it for years, too. But I'm trying to give people the, to say that it's okay, that you have freedom in not worrying about being a member at a church, uh, being part of some religious community, you know, oh, I go to this ministry. I tell people all the time, I want as many people to come to revolution as physically possible but i also know as i'm saying this i'm giving people the freedom to not even tune in to not watch to not to not partake in this so i i get this but i'm not going to be sitting up here and lying through my teeth if i say that that this right here is important it is important i mean it would be different if i was getting a paycheck out of doing this but i'm not but literally my point is wherever you are in a, in a group of people in a community, it could be a spouse, a girlfriend, it could be kids, it could be your family. When you have these conversations about God or a life or theology, you're doing church because the church are the people. S- some examples that I wanted to give about how people doing church without being church, without going to a physical building, obviously one of the basic examples is just the disciples in the Bible. If you look at Jesus and Jesus is, if you believe in all these teachings that Jesus did, Jesus was born as a little kid. The Bible really doesn't talk about Jesus's life. Um, we'll get to your question at the end, Ray. I see that. Thank you for asking it. But we see, we see the disciples, or going back, Jesus, we don't really hear a lot about Jesus's life from infancy. We hear the infancy story, Jesus running to the temple and Mary and Joseph losing him in this crowd. But the Bible is very quiet, very silent on, on that. But then when Jesus gets baptized by John the Baptist, which if people don't know, John the Baptist was Jesus's cousin, which is cool. But when, when Jesus gets baptized by John the Baptist, everyone, and kind of a cool caveat, is people thought that actually John the Baptist was this Messiah, was, was this person, because he was doing miracles, he was doing cool things, he was talking about the upcoming Messiah, and John the Baptist, as Jesus' cousin, didn't even really know about Jesus and know about uh, all this stuff until this this baptism in in the river i don't know if it was the river jordan or whatever but anyway so jesus gets baptized which is this signifier of okay now i'm here to do this ministry now i'm here to teach people about this kingdom of god this this kingdom ethic that i'm why i'm here so so for three years and if you look at how long how old we are i'm almost 38 years old you know I've been a Christian a long time. I've been in seminary a long time. Um, but three years in order to change the world, uh, to change the region where Jesus was around, that was incredible. Three years. Three years. I mean, our presidencies, in, at least in America, they don't do anything in three years. But Jesus, from when Jesus was 30 till 33, that's what they're saying, That how Jesus was... Uh, when Jesus did his ministry to to when he was crucified. But 
that whole time, that whole time, Jesus never had a building he was in. He didn't, like, we're here in this bar, we're renting it out. Uh, I don't have to rent it out. I'm choosing to rent it out um, because I want people to come here and be able to enjoy. But going back to these disciples and Jesus, they were this, just think about it in our culture right now, in our world, whether you're in America or you're overseas somewhere, just think how crazy it would be if we see people this ragtag group of men and women who are just going from village to town to city talking about this afterlife, talking about this kingdom ethic, talking about something that's clearly people don't know. And I'm sure there's groups and people out there peddling whatever religious thing, but we're, we're insular. We're behind closed doors. We're, where no one's really doing this in parks anymore. No one's really doing this down by the lake or the river. No one's doing this um, like they did back then in Bible times. And the disciples and Jesus are this awesome signifier of it's not about the church. And that's when people say church is so important. I'm like, the community of the people of church is important, but the building isn't. Because look at what Jesus did. Jesus went to town to town, village to village. They were just walking. They were looking for food. They, in a way, they were nomads, you know, or, or using the word tramp, meaning a tramp is literally people who don't have a home, people who don't have a place to lay their head, people who don't have an address. I mean, in the States, in America, you can't get a job unless you have a permanent address. It's just illegal. It's illegal to hire someone if you don't have a permanent address. And look at these disciples and Jesus. They were just going from town to town, village to village, talking about this kingdom. They were the church. Um, obviously, they didn't. They weren't called Christians. They were called followers of the way, which is a, a phrase and, a, and something I really like, is followers of the way, followers of this teaching. So I think the disciples do a really, really great job along with Jesus, um, doing these teachings, being the church. And if Jesus was, let's say Jesus was in Bethlehem or Judea, and he stood that, you know, stayed there, and then these disciples maybe went out and to whatever village or whatever town or wherever they were at, it's just, to me, it's so amazing that these people didn't have homes, they didn't have buildings, they didn't have property to do church, but yet they still did it. Another another um, group I want to talk about, I have this book that I'm going to show, and it's called, and maybe Amanda can find it online, it's called The Desert Fathers, um, and it was translated and introduced by Helen Waddell. I will say that this book is very deep, it's very educational, very theological, the Desert Fathers were very, very, uh, they were monastics, they were hermits, they were monks, they lived this aesthetical lifestyle where they left their communities, they left their jobs, they left their, uh, most of them weren't married, so they didn't leave their family, I'm sure some of them did, um, and they... A lot of them would live out in the desert, obviously desert fathers, so they would live in the desert. They would live in, there was one I was reading in here just prepping for this, where this guy lived in a cave for like 40 years. Um, I think it was name, his name was like St. Thebius or Thesbis. And this was like in about the second, eight, second 200s AD. So not too long after Jesus was off the scene, these people were leaving uh leaving these cities, leaving these towns, leaving their villages, giving up their job, their livelihood, whatever, and they were just they were just out in in the desert like in a camp or like maybe not even a tent, maybe a tarp or something. They lived off the land, they lived off the food. A lot of them would fast. That's probably some early early uh recorded stuff of people fasting in in order to get a deeper realization of God or the divine and prayer. So these people, these people who are very, these desert fathers, and I also want to say, 
there was a mother, uh, um, mother, desert mothers, there we go, who did the same thing. Obviously, you know, back in that culture, men and women, unfortunately, were a lot of segregated in a lot of things. But there, I don't have the book with me, but I've read a, a ton of people, a ton of females uh, called the desert mothers who would do this aesthetical lifestyle to this monastical thing. And so they, and these people did this and it wasn't, some of them did it maybe six months. Some of them maybe did it a year. And like I just said, the St. Thebius guy did it for 40 years and they tried to do it to get deeper into their faith. They tried to get it deeper into their love of God, their understanding of their faith. But this is church. This was church. But they, a lot of them were doing it by themselves some and a lot of I was reading this in seminary. A lot of the desert fathers would do it out on their own. That one would be in a cave, one would be, you know, they would be sporadically spread out. But like once a month or like once a week, they would get together. They these people they had this time that they would get together and just talk about this this lifestyle that they lived, this way of doing church and God. And, and being the church. And so I thought it was very important to bring the Desert Fathers up because these people left everything that they had in order to deepen their faith. I'm not saying we have to do this, but I'm saying there was a ton of men and women throughout the centuries who have done that. And you look at this Desert Fathers and these Desert Mothers, and we hear the word even now in our current context of people like monastic communities. A lot of Catholics are doing it. A lot of Lutherans are doing it. A lot of denominations have these monastic communities where they might just get like a community house where the denomination or these group of people will buy a house and they'll just live in community with one another. They'll pull their resources together. They'll pay the rent. They'll pay their bills and they'll have community meals together. Uh, a good friend of, of Revolution and of mine, Josh, um, he did that well in seminary and in college. They had this intentional communal house. That's what they would do. They all had jobs, but they would, you know, one person was in charge of chores for the week. The other person was in charge of preparing the food and the meals. And if someone's car broke down, then all they would pool this money together that they have to do this. And it was a very monastical type of way, but that is church. And in a way, you might be like, well, yeah, but why couldn't they just go to their church and do this? My point is this monastic living is church for people, is is something that, that they do that's important. Um, and I, as I said earlier, the, the church didn't have, I mean, yes, they, you look at the Jewish people of the time, they had temples, they had synagogues. Um, but not everyone could go into them. You have to be only rabbis could go in there. Only the, the religiously academic, the religious elite could go in there. Uh, you would have to go in there and sacrifice c cattle or animals to Yahweh, which is God in the Old Testament. Um, and you had to keep doing this. And what I think is so awesome about Jesus, when Jesus comes onto the scene, Jesus is having church in, out in the open, uh, on ships or like on boats with fishermen, out in the fields with shepherds, out, you know, Sermon on the Mount literally is a mount. It was this big grassy knolly area. Like I've had several friends who've went to the Holy Land where they're like, this is where, you know, the Sermon on the Mount happened. This is where, you know, Jesus was out on the water with, you know, with Peter when he called Peter. This is where we think, you know, Saul, who then became Paul, where this this thing happened, which is, that part is really cool, I think. But Jesus and the disciples were doing church not in a quote-unquote building. They weren't doing church in first, you know, First Baptist Church of Judea or United Church of Bethlehem. I'm not saying that these things, church is inherently bad. I'm not trying to say that at all. I'm just pushing the narrative of what the idea and notion of understanding of church is of saying whatever community that you're a part of, whether, whether you're a, a spiritual community's revolution, yes, we're the spiritual community. 
are we church? Sure. Great. Is Sacred Collective, the podcast that we do, a spiritual community? Yes. Great. And I support that and I love it. But I don't, if you're, if you're a part of this, cause I have people who are like, well, I listen to you guys and it's important. I think what you're doing is great. But then I have this other church. That's fine if you do that. But, my under, I think a lot of people look at it as like, well, revolution or sacred collective is, it, it's not quite church. And so just to be safe, I'm going to go to this church over here just in case God gets mad at me that this, this really isn't church. And what I said earlier, Matthew 18 20 says, wherever two or three are gathered, the presence of God is there. So God is here within us. However, you want to look how God embodies a place, Holy Spirit consciousness whatever and that's great some other things i want to say uh before wrapping up because i want to make sure we have a good time good amount of time so examples of church that's not quote-unquote church church or i'm going to maybe use community revolution is one of them not just revolution church minneapolis revolution out in seattle that that jay and caleb do that's church. That's community. Uh, however many people tune in to them every week, the interactions that they have, the conversations that Jay and Caleb have, the conversations that we do here, that's church. Do we get dressed up? Nope. Jay and I are all tatted up, uh, drinking pop, sometimes a beer, whatever. This, this is church. I always will tell people I feel like revolution is like church deconstructed. It's church. Uh, well, like my tagline here for Revolution Church Minneapolis is church without the bullshit, meaning come as you are, come come as you are, come who with all your warts and imperfections and, and whatever, and that's really what I believe. Uh, Sacred Collective. Um, Sacred Collective, the podcast that this comes out on, just because I don't have the money to have multiple different podcasts out because yes it does cost money to do uh sacred collective started out as this brainchild of mine probably four years ago and it started in 2017 and it was going to start out as a small group it was going to start out as a group of ex-evangelicals it was going to start out as like a church it was going to it had all this i had all these ideas and thoughts in my head that i wanted it to be and then and this is when Caleb was still here in the cities years ago, you know, he had some audio equipment and he's like, well, why don't we just record our conversations and then put it up on, you know, turn it into a podcast. And right away we found out this uh, ex-evangelicals, you know, evangelicals who are now no longer evangelicals, they were really tuning into it. And then I ended up finding out the place where I went to seminary and worked. A lot of the students there in seminary we were getting out of seminary and we were like, what the hell do we believe anymore? Or like, we believe in this idea and notion of God and Jesus, but we don't hold to these rigid, outdated views of God, of Jesus, of hell and the afterlife. So what do we do? And we're like, hey, come over to Sacred Collective. If you can't be here in person, why don't you listen online or when we have it, uh, you know, up? And so that's how Sacred Collective, you know, became what it is and i've taken a somewhat of a back seat into and uh, sacred collective because i work full-time at my job throughout the week and then i come up with these talks every week and let's be honest the covid has put a wrench into getting groups together once covid and everyone's vaccinated i'm sure sacred collective as this other community like in in person community is gonna you know pick up back again so there is that another another one um i want to bring up is house for all saints and sinners in denver if people know who nadia bowles weber is um she's a lutheran ordained lutheran minister she's not the pastor of the church anymore she stepped away um she's now writing books and you know as a public speaker but she started this community in in downtown denver colorado and it was literally what it is. We're, this is a house for all saints and for all sinners. Like we're, we all have the opportunity to be saints and sinners in our life. And it wasn't just tatted, tattooed people or, uh, or, or, you know, 
people who listened to certain kinds of music. It was everyone, like families came and whatever. And I would say in a way it was like church deconstructed. They met in a church. Um, she was seminary trained and ordained and they did great things. They fed the homeless community. They had like a big Thanksgiving outreach for, you know, the community. That was, that was a great group of people. That, that was a group of people being church, but not quote unquote church that you would think. Um, another one, I don't think it's being really, I don't know if it's run anymore, but people know like Pete Rollins, um, who's Jay's best friend and he's written a plethora of fantastic books and, and just deep philo- philosophical treaties. Uh, but he had a back in Belfast where Pete's from. There was this, uh, it wasn't even a Christian or religious thing per se. It was called Icon, I K O N. And I think if you Google it, it might still be going on or you can look back or if anybody who's watching from Belfast or that area could, could tell me. But it was just really, it was, uh, they talked about God, they talked about life, um, you, they would have, uh, Pete or someone else would come in and talk. They had like, uh, art exhibits, they would have like, uh, interactive art performances there, uh, Pete might talk one time, a pastor might talk one time, an atheist might lead a conversation or a service, and it was, quite fascinating and i i remember years ago kind of stumbling upon icon and i thought how crazy and awesome this was and i was like this is something i need to be a part of yeah ray says icon isn't going any longer uh but i brought that up as something that at the time when it was going on it was really uh fascinating to me and i think a lot of churches ministry organizations here in the states uh looked at icon and looked at icon as something as this is really cool this is christians non-christians men and women and and you know i think it was in a bar uh it was literally this not i'm not gonna i don't know if i want to say sacred space but this space where we can all just be ourselves come into this community Uh, last one i want to say is uh and I highly recommend this this podcast. I love it. It's called Inglorious Pastors. Not the not the movie Inglorious Bastards, but Inglorious Pastors. Um, and it's three guys. I've been following them pretty much since they started. It's Bra- Brad and Matt, um, Polly. They're two brothers, and then their friend Michael Basinger. They're all good friends. They're they they're from Southern Indiana here in the states. They Grew up super evangelical, super conservative Christians. They all went to the same Bible college together. Uh, all youth pastors or worship leaders, you know, all this stuff. And two or three different times they started a church together, a church plant, whatever. Longer story short, all that, all that fell apart because they more or less came out in support of the G- GLBTIQA plus community. Uh, just certain theological conversations wasn't important to them anymore. Having this right thinking wasn't important to them anymore. And so a lot of them just walked away from their faith or might have some sort of connection with God. And so they started this podcast and they drink a lot on there. They, they, and some, I'm not going to say sacred collective copied them. They, we didn't, but it was this, I think to me, Inglorious Passions was this kind of like monumental podcast that let us know and and realize, like at least for me, that you can have some sort of online community and it works. And for their Patreon, um, they have a private Facebook group, like a lot of groups and organizations do. I only pay a dollar a month because you know I'm on a budget, but which opens up to everyone else. And so there's this group of Men and women from all over the world who, um, who, who will get each other's back. It's like this online community. Some of us are Christians. Some of us are atheists and agnostics. Some of us are queer. But what's so amazing about it is I can go on there into this private group and say, Hey, everyone, I'm going through this shit in my life or, my coworker is this, or my wife is this, or I have this question, I don't know what to do. And instead of people coming at me like, go, go to church or do this, it's this 
it's this amazing community that just has my back that that might push me a little bit or might um or if i have something funny to say and i want and i know what they say vanilla facebook your v your vfb that you might not put on there a lot of people are like i have to come here and 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 say what i'm going to say on here because i can't say it over here and if anybody who's listening or from that podcast or from that community i just want to say how important it is to me as someone who is a christian still as someone who is uh deconstructing certain parts of my faith someone who loves god but isn't on board with all every little aspect of on christianity these groups that are out here whether on facebook or instagram or whatever i'm just i i'm finding solace in these evangelical communities of people who have walked away from the evangelical faith and who haven't jumped to progressive christianity but people who have um who are just trying to live life the best that they can. All these groups is my point. What I'm trying to say is they're not going to say that they're church. They're not going to say that they're even a spiritual community, but in the back of my head, I look at it in a way of church church. You can go probably go to the dictionary and it'll say, this is the definition of church. That's fine. But I feel like the scripture is very clear in saying in Matthew, wherever two or three are gathered, God's there. The spirit, however you want to perceive it, like I said earlier. And so, these podcasts that I listen to, these private Patreon-only groups that I'm a part of, Revolution, Sacred Collective, here, you know, Revolution, this one, and the one out in Seattle that Jay does, these are all, like, spiritual communities that I find hope in, that I find grace in, that I find acceptance in. And I'm not finding those, for me personally, I'm not finding that in quote unquote the normal day to day, you know, church on the corner, the first Lutheran or first Baptist or the Pentecostal church, you name it. They're there for the people who need it and great and fantastic. I am not for one iota bad mouthing them, but for me and for a growing number of millennials, Gen Xers, generation z whatever they're called we're finding out and we're realizing that church is not something that we need to be forced into doing church isn't something that is a requirement of someone who's a christian church is is not something where you need to go always and confess yourself like confess sins like they do in the catholic church but church is a community of people who are just trying to live life together, a group of people who are just trying to um, break bread together, um, having a beer and pizza, uh, having, you know, fried chicken and mashed potato, whatever. So that's pretty much the talk that I have for today. The last thing, church is not the building. Church isn't what member you, you know if you're a member at said church that's fine that's great like i said i'm not trying to say that that's wrong or bad or inappropriate to do it's not my whole point of this talk is to say that whether you're having a conversation with your spouse boyfriend or girlfriend your kids co-worker uh, a small group bible whatever that, that is community. That is church. Look at the disciples. Look at Jesus. Look at the Desert Fathers. Look at these other groups. And even those, even revolution here, um, I've never once, I'm, I'm never going to ask anybody to be members here. I'm never going to once tell someone they have to tithe or give donations because um, that's just not what our younger generation believes in. If that works for some people, great. I'm never going to, you know, there's people who come once a year to revolution. There's sometimes people come once and then they never come back. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. But community and church is is all around us. And so kind of getting back to the crux of my talk is at the beginning is what is the church? Well, the church 
to me is everything that we do outside the four walls of the church. I, when I was doing ordination, when I was doing ordination stuff for the, the UCC, which I, as I've said, I've dropped out of that last year because of some issues. I'll just say that is the church. Um, what I would say is like the church is everything that I don't feel like you can get in normal church. Real community is going to one another when we're hurting, going to one another with our joys and concerns, going out to eat with one another. You know, if someone's in need of, of a new car, helping them raise money to get a car. Uh, we see what Jay and Caleb with their GoFundMe, that, with their moving expenses. That's, that's church. That's church. That's being a community. That's being around. My coworkers, you know, here, if I'm short on money, they, they'll be like, Hey, do you need 20 bucks? I can bum you. Uh, do you need a hundred bucks? Whether they know it or not, that, that's being church. That's being godly. That's being Christ-like, helping one another out. And I find it over the, as an almost a 40 year old, I have found, and I wrote this on, uh, on an Instagram post. More people are finding God outside the four walls of the church because God's not really in the four walls of the church. God is out where, God is wherever God is, where, wherever people are. And you don't have to go to church to find people or to find God. You find God here in Revolution at a bar in Minneapolis, or you find it at a pub in Belfast, or you find it in a market in India, you find it, you know, at a sporting event, whatever. You, my whole point is the church isn't the building. The church isn't this ritualistic thing. The church is all of us being in community with one another and, and being on this journey of life together. I'm going to stop there. Amanda, do we have questions? What time is it, by the way? If we have questions, if you want to either say them to me and then I can talk on the mic or however you want to do it. Ray, you had said, My evangelical friend and I, myself being post-evangelical, post-Christian, meet in coffee shops pre-COVID to discuss life and spiritual books and podcasts, and we both freely acknowledge that this is doing church. It's fantastic. That's exactly right. Couldn't have said it better myself. That's That's exactly like when my best friend and I Scotty talk on the phone why I love talking to him once or twice a week um, because we're both pastors we're both people doing ministry but we need uh, a, a an outlet or whatever and we'll talk about life God theology whatever and we both say hey this is church so what, Ray what you said is absolutely correct icon isn't going anymore yep you had said that and it was in the black box bar over in Belfast. Just maybe look it up online. Um, Icon, I'm sure there was YouTube videos and stuff. I don't know when it ended. Um, Ray, if you know when it ended, you can always just write a comment in. But it's really fantastic. Um, Scotty wrote, hey, Brian, I, I'm just wrapping up, Scotty. So go back and listen and comment. I really like your comments, Scotty. So um, maybe get the comment thread going um after we are done here because we're on a time limit here at bryant lake bowl but yeah um as i've said to you know i i hate saying this ad nauseum but we we love everyone who listens whether here in person on the podcast or on the live stream i'm not asking for money right now because we're we're in a good place um you know, they're charging us a very reasonable rent here. We support them with coming here with food and, and all that stuff. But I would, I would just say if you like what we do, you know, spread a good word network. I've noticed probably since January how we were, we're growing little by little. And it's because of people like you who are watching family and friends that, um, we're growing, you know, my Instagram is, like one or two new follows every week, which is fantastic. And it's not always about, you know, the followers and all that stuff. But also when you do a ministry like this, it is about followers and things like that. The other thing, if you really support what we do, just, just share, share this talk onto your Facebook page. Um, it takes two, three seconds to do it. I know I get a lot of, uh, 
a lot of feedback from people like that. Uh, you know, people who are listening, friends from high school, friends from college who have stumbled upon it, friends from seminary. So if you like what we do, just that's something that doesn't cost any money or anything like that. It's free. So just, just share, share us word of mouth and also share us on Facebook. That would really go a long way. Um, we'll be back next week. I don't know what I'm talking about yet, but you know, same time, same place. I know some people from overseas, um, got in a little later. That's fine. I try to start right at 11. I know Jay kind of, Jay and Caleb started a little bit later, but, um, I just want to be, mindful of time that we have here and sometimes i'm long-winded because i'm an extrovert but uh we'll be back here as always 11 o'clock a.m central time here in the states and uh we'll see you next week everyone love you all bye